Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, February 15th, and this is your FT News Briefing. UK Chancellor Jeremy Hunt is ready to make some big cuts to public spending, and Germany is trying to beef up its military. Plus, the FT's Madison Marriage discusses the dangers of some meditation retreats. My sources would say that they seem to kind of maximize psychological disruption. So sleep deprivation, limited calorie intake, limited physical movement. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Sources tell the FT that Jeremy Hunt is considering cutting billions of pounds in public spending. And the reason that's even on the table is that he wants to make tax cuts. These tax cuts are really important to Hunt because his conservative party is doing poorly in the polls in the run-up to the UK's general election. Conservatives are behind the Labour Party by nearly 20 points. The problem is that Hunt can't turn to borrowing money to finance these tax cuts. Interest rates are so high that it would be just too expensive. So he's considering cutting public spending instead. Hunt is expected to say more about the UK's budget plans on March 6th. NATO defense ministers are meeting in Brussels today, and recent comments from former U.S. President Donald Trump will loom over that gathering. The presidential candidate said he would support Russia attacking NATO allies if they didn't contribute enough money to the defense fund. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. It's a warning that American support for Europe might just depend on who wins the November election in the U.S., and this increases the already intense pressure on Germany to step up its military capabilities. Here to talk to us about this is the FT's Berlin bureau chief, Guy Chazan. Hey, Guy. Hi. All right, so get us up to speed. What's the security situation like right now, both for Germany and Europe more broadly? Well, generally, you know, Europe has a big war still raging, obviously, in Ukraine. We're talking about sort of, you know, one and a half hours flying time from Berlin. So the Europeans are very, very acutely aware of Russia's aggressive imperialism. So there's a a real sense of urgency at the moment uh, in Europe about rearming, about recreating that uh, deterrent uh, capability to make sure that um, they're not next on uh, Vladimir Putin's list. And that urgency, Guy, I can only imagine that it's falling on Germany pretty hard right now, especially because it's one of Europe's biggest and richest countries. So how is it looking to step up? The problem is that Germany has been underspending on defense for many, many years. NATO took a decision in 2014 that its member states should spend at least 2% of GDP on the military. And Germany has never met that goal. This year will actually be the first year that it has ever done that. And that's largely because of the Ukraine war. Just a few days after the start of the war, Olaf Scholz, the chancellor, gave a very important speech where he described the war as a watershed moment in German history And it essentially meant that Germany had to start to get serious about 
restoring its uh, defense capabilities, which had become very, very depleted after the end of the Cold War. Schultz said that from now on, we will be hitting the 2% goal that NATO prescribed in 2014. And he also created a 100 billion euro special investment fund for the Bundeswehr, the German armed forces, which has been allowing it to make big weapons procurements that had been held up for many years. Okay, and how's that going so far? I mean, is this big funding package enough to update Germany's military? Well, that is the key question. The investment fund, as I say, is 100 billion euros. And the problem is that Schultz and his government have been using it to reach the 2% goal. Now, that fund will be used up by about 2027 when all these enormous procurement programs have been accounted for. And the big question then is what happens after the fund has dried up? So there is this long-term lack of clarity about German defense spending. And that is causing a lot of anxiety in the defense establishment. How important is it for Europe that Germany gets this right? It's extremely important because Germany really, at the moment, thanks to this big Bundeswehr investment fund, Germany is actually the biggest spender on the military in Europe. Its budget, military budget, has expanded massively That is seen as very important because Europe is very much under pressure now to do more to provide security, especially with the looming sort of prospect of uh, Trump getting into the White House for a second term. It's going to have to really look to itself, look to its own resources and um, try and boost its own defense capability. And um, Germany is an absolute linchpin of those efforts So if it fails to get it right, then really that does not bode well for the rest of Europe either. Guy Chazan is the FT's Berlin bureau chief. Thanks, Guy. Thank you. Citigroup is making its private bankers report all of their phone calls with clients. This is a new tactic for Citigroup to boost its wealth management division, which has been struggling lately. The company is also telling bankers to call each of their clients every 90 days. A lot of bankers, they're not happy about this. They think it's a waste of time. But it looks like employees don't have a ton of other options out there right now. Global banks eliminated tens of thousands of jobs in 2023, and Citigroup is expecting to cut 20,000 positions this year. The FT has a new investigative podcast out now. It's called Untold the Retreat. It's a four-part deep dive into the dark side of meditation. In particular, one network of intense retreats, which are widely known as Vipassana retreats. The FT's special investigations editor, Madison Marriage, has been speaking to people who went on these retreats. She joins me now to tell me more. Hi, Madison. Hi, Mark. Okay, so what exactly are these retreats that we're talking about? So the funny thing about these retreats is if you've never heard of them, you've never heard of them. But once you have heard of them, you're quite likely to start meeting people who've signed up to them. In other words, they're really popular. Um, They are typically 10-day courses. You tend to hand in your phone and keys on day one, and then you settle down for 10 days of intensive meditation, 10 hours a day. 
And lots of people are really kind of fanatical about them. They think they're brilliant, really altruistic. The, the kind of purpose of this network is to really improve people's lives. And I, I think that's important to point out. However, there is a, a kind of dark underbelly to them, which is my sources would say that they seem to kind of maximize psychological disruption. So sleep deprivation, limited calorie intake, limited physical movement, uh, the ban on making eye contact. Obviously, you're there in complete silence. Um, and that those things combined can lead a subsection of participants to quite extreme psychological outcomes. Like what? Having a kind of messiah complex it wasn't unusual. So quite a few people who told me that effectively they thought, they became convinced mid-retreat that they were here to save mankind. And actually quite an alarming number of people who became convinced that the only way in which they could achieve that would be by dying. Um a kind of saviour complex. And um, th th that's obviously extremely concerning. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I I'm curious, though, the meditation industry isn't something we usually cover here at the Financial Times. Why did you investigate this? So it ended up being on my radar because I was emailed by a concerned father last January, nearly a year ago, who said that his now adult twin daughter's had drastically changed after becoming involved in this organization. They ended up having quite devastating breakdowns. And he was he was really worried. Um, and as soon as I started kind of digging around into it, I could see how widespread these retreats were, how many people had signed up to them, but also quite a few kind of red flags on social media and blog posts from individuals who'd signed up to them and said that they had also encountered something quite scary. Madison, for people who aren't super aware of the meditation industry. Why is the story important? What are the broader takeaways from a story like this? So I think the common thread that links my investigations together is abuse of power. And normally when I talk about abuse of power, there's a kind of powerful figure at the center of an organization who is exploiting people for their own gain, whether it's wealth or power or sex. Um, that doesn't apply in this instance, so it's kind of, it is an unusual investigation for me. But I do think this organization has power over the individuals that sign up to the courses, and that it's it's not doing right by those people in terms of looking after their welfare. And as a result, people are suffering. Madison Marriage is the FT Special Investigations Editor. Thank you, Madison. Thanks, Mark. You can listen to all four episodes of Untold the Retreat wherever you get your podcasts. You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. 
The latest episode of the Next 5 podcast is all about AI and the business travel sector. I speak to Tim LaBelle, head of product for SAP Concur Spend Solutions. We'll have so much data that our travel will be safer. Shelley Fletcher-Bryan, VP of Advito. AI can certainly contribute to more eco-friendly travel practices. And author and public speaker, Theo Lau. AI can help us predict when it will be a peak travel, more delays, cancelled flights. Listen to the full episode of the Next 5 wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy.